ladies and gentlemen, it's not the Muppet Cast. Hello, and welcome to Not the Muppet Cast, the only podcast dedicated to the work of Jim Henson and the Muppets. Join us as we discuss the past, present, and upcoming productions from the Jim Henson Company Podcast, the Sesame Street Podcast, the Muppets Podcast, the Frog Kissing Podcast, Trial by Stone, Getting Felt Up, Lolly's Radio Playdate, Dylan Gale, and literally many podcasts dedicated to the puppetry arts, the legacy of Jim Henson, and the importance of the Muppets. That's not even mentioning all of the Muppetational content from the Nerdist podcast and all of the Disney podcasts. And did you know that even Paul Williams has a podcast now? Like the guy who wrote the songs for the Muppet movie, Muppet Christmas Carol, and Emmett Otter. That Paul Williams. It's actually a pretty nice show. Oh, oh, uh, sorry, I digress. And now, here's the host of Not the Muppet Cast, J.D. Duxon. Hi-ho, everyone. Welcome back to Not the Muppet Cast. My name is J.D. Duxon, and this is show number 71 for July 19th, 2015. And the main website for Not the Muppet Cast is MuppetHub.com. My email address is me, M-E, at MuppetHub.com. And you know, that leads me to something I've been wanting to talk about for some time. You may have noticed, probably because I've said it every other week, that podcasting is sort of a solitary art form. I mean, I'm just sitting here, enjoying my peanut butter juice while trapped in my hotel room, relaxing in this chair that Jane Hunt made me, but I'm still ultimately alone. I mean, you all can hear me, but I can't hear you, and, well, I think it's about time we do something about that. But, but J.D., you're not alone. I'm right here. Uh, no, no, no. Louis, you see, I'm doing a Muppet Cast parody episode, so I have to sound like Steve Swanson. Oh, so does that mean you have to swear a lot? No, that's that's Steve on Mouse Rants. I'm doing Steve on the Muppet Cast. In the end, my main goal is to try to get the show to run over an hour, because his shows are always way longer than mine, but I've only gone over an hour in two episodes before, so I don't know if I can make it. So why don't you just do what you did for those two episodes? Well, those were the episodes in which I had him on the show, and that would kind of defeat the purpose of what I'm trying to do. You see, I'm doing this in retaliation against the opening to the Muppet cast, and uh, oh, ooh, that reminds me, um, uh, Steve Swanson has responded to my demand for the change to the Muppet cast opening, and he is reluctant to change it because he cares more about tradition than discrimination, and oh crap, I'm turning into CNN. Uh, Well, the important thing is, he has agreed under a few conditions. Maybe it's time for the opening voiceover of the podcast to more accurately reflect the current state of Muppet fandom and say something different than the only podcast on the web dedicated to the work of Jim Henson and the Muppets. So, dear friends, I'm leaving the choice up to you. After thinking it over, I've come up with a few possible options for what a new show opening might say. And I'd like you, my loyal listeners and friends, to hear these three options and think carefully about it because this could be what you hear at the beginning of the show now going forward for a long, long time, and then email me, me at muppetcast.com and tell me which option you personally like. Are you ready to hear them? All right, here we go. The options for the new description of the Muppetcast in the show introduction as an alternative to the only podcast dedicated to the work of Jim Henson and the Muppets are option A, a podcast dedicated to the work of Jim Henson and the Muppets. Option B, the original podcast dedicated to the work of Jim Henson and the Muppets. And option C, the podcast dedicated to the Muppets that existed before J.D. Hansel launched the 11 Point Collar podcast and copied Steve Swanson's email address, and before J.D. Hansel suddenly decided that this was even an issue to begin with. I think any of these options could be good, really, so... I'm going to leave it up to you, the listening audience, to determine by your email votes which new introduction will be included here on the MuppetCast. If you could, please, send those in to me in the next week or two, and I'll tally the votes and see what we come up with. Thanks for your time and attention here. I know this may seem trivial, and believe me, it's trivial to me too. Because let's face it, these brief few seconds of voiceover in the introduction have very little effect on the overall content of every episode of the show. But, as a very famous song once said, when it's time to change, then it's time to change. Oh, and one final thing here. The show's introduction will only change 
if J.D. Hansel himself records the new introduction for the show. Excuse me? You think that after all this, I'm suddenly going to help you? Well, here's the deal. I know you are eager to hear my response, but I've had to wait years for your show's opening to change, so I'm going to make Steve wait to hear my response. It'll come at some point during this episode, but you don't know when, so you'll just have to listen to the whole darn episode until you hear it. And I'm going to go on for over an hour with this episode, just like you do with your show. I hope you enjoy it. Now, uh, where was I before that? Uh, oh, uh, yes, uh, podcasting is lonely and all that jazz. Uh, and I think it's time we do something about that. So if you're a listener of this show, send me an email this week. You can just say hi, tell me how much you hate the show, or whatever you want. I just want to hear from you. The email address is the same as it's always been for the past four months, so don't be a stranger. I'll try to read your emails in my next show, and, uh, well, for now, I'm going to reply to some of the emails I've already received. First up in listener feedback is an email from J.T. Hanksleben, a good friend of the show, who writes, Hey J.D., I'm a college student from Maryland, and I love your show. It's way better than that other podcast about the Muppets. What's that one called again? Uh, oh yeah, the Muppet News Flash Podcast. I've especially enjoyed looking at the great Muppet merchandise you're selling on eBay, which I found on the support page on Muppet Hub, and I'm seriously considering buying all of it. I wanted to ask if you've told everyone about the movie reviews you do on jdhansel.com. I happen to notice that if you go to jdhansel.com and click on the film criticism section, you can read several well-written movie reviews. I think that's pretty great. I think you're pretty great. You're the best. Aw, thanks JT, you're pretty great too. I'm glad you've enjoyed my movie reviews on jdhansel.com, and I've actually just released a review on Muppet Hub of the film Xanadu in the form of a puppet rant. That's really worth checking out if you get the chance. Thanks for saying hi, JT. The next email comes from Louie, and he writes, Hi, you do a good podcast. I like it almost as much as the Muppet cast. Louie, help a guy out here, will ya? Your show is really fun, and me and my family listen to it all day. We really like your interviews with Craig Shemin and Nicholas Lemon. That, 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 that wasn't actually my show, that, never mind. Please have the guys from Tough Pigs on again, and bring back After the Sacks. Your devoted listener, Louie. Um, well, thanks for that, I think. I think you'll find this next email really interesting. It certainly spoke to me. My friend Halkata writes, Dear friend, Happy New Year. I know this message will come as a surprise. I am the next heir to the throne in Nigeria, the Crown Prince. I hope that you will not expose or betray this trust and confident that I am about to repose on you for the mutual benefit of our families. I need your urgent assistance in transferring the sum of $20 million to your account within 10 to 14 banking days. This money has been dormant for years in our bank without claim. I want the bank to release the money to you as my father, the King of Nigeria, had recently died and my greedy siblings are trying to get the money for themselves. Well, you know what, Halkata, I appreciate that you want to donate so much money to me, and there's actually a great way to do that. If you go to the homepage for MuppetHub.com, just scroll down a little to the Donate button, where you can send money through PayPal. By the way, I'd like to thank listener Chris Harris for his generous donation to MuppetHub, and I hope anyone else who inherits a large sum of money from a king of a foreign country and has some laying around would be kind enough to send a little my way, if you can. Oh, Halkata continues... I appreciate your trust in this urgent matter, and I hope I can be honest with you in telling you that you're still not as good as the Muppet cast. Oh, come on! In Muppet news this week, the Muppets went to Comic-Con, and guess what? They actually showed the puppeteers with the puppets! The creators of the show, along with Bill Beretta and Eric Jacobson, and even Dave Goles and Steve Whitmire, were there signing autographs and doing a panel to promote the Muppets period. Here's a little taste of what that panel sounded like. Wow, okay, not expected to do that loud, thank you. Um, Alright, so, you guys, the Muppets are back on TV. Wow, as you can probably tell, that was a lot of fun. You can see the video of nearly the whole panel on YouTube, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes. 
You know the Henson project that's been in development for a long time? Of course you do. You know exactly which one I'm talking about. It looks like there's new progress being made on Happy Time Murders, and here's a clip from the upcoming film. Oh wait, I don't have a clip. I'll never have a clip because they'll never actually make it! They'll never make it! Never! Never! Oh, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, but because I'm a pianist, I have a habit of smashing my head onto the piano that Gene Beretta stole from Jerry Nelson for me. Anyway, I'll put a link to that story in the show notes. BBC News recently did a story on the closing of FAO Schwartz, and it included a segment focused on the Muppet Whatnot Workshop. And since they couldn't get anyone significant in Muppet fandom to talk about it, they just interviewed two random Muppet fans. It's a palace of toys. From handmade dollhouses to a $1,500 stuffed panda, there's plenty of unique options. My name is Stanley Newsbomb, and I am a news anchor. For Joe and Ryan, it was a Muppet. I've decided on an orange body. Yeah. I'm looking at eyeballs. FAO Schwartz's Muppet Workshop was the only place where these two could customize their very own puppet. I think the coolest thing is the fact that you get to actually watch them put the, pu the puppet together. Uh, actually gluing the pieces onto the face and the hair and putting the clothes on. You get to watch it take shape right in front of you. Link in the show notes. An interesting article popped up in my feed from Google that's actually about Muppet podcasters. From the fictional reporter. While podcasting has been very popular in the Disney fandom, its popularity has just now been growing in the Muppet circles. Because there was such a long span of time when there was no Muppet podcast covering Muppet news, the fans became used to looking up the news for themselves, which has led to problems for podcasters who are trying to deliver the news now. Apparently, according to a study that we made up, listeners are skipping over the Muppet news portion of each episode because they've already watched all of the new videos and read all of the big news stories. For some podcasters, this raises the question of whether or not the news should even be covered on a regular basis unless a co-host is brought in to provide commentary, banter, and bad attempts at ad-lib. Well, I found that interesting, so I'll be sure to put a link in the show notes. That's it for Muppet News this week, and of course you can find all the links to all the stories you just heard in the show notes at MuppetHub.com. One other thing I should mention, though, is that Andrew James Spooner, who was just recently on this podcast, has added an interview page to his website featuring his latest interviews on podcasts. He was kind enough to include my interview with him on the page, and he also included an interview he did on the Box Set Pod, which you should totally check out. Hey, did Frank Oz add you to his interview page? Um, no, I've never interviewed Frank Oz. Really? Well, I guess that makes sense. Maybe he only does really good Muppet podcasts. Louis? I mean, if he went on some other Muppet podcast, <laughs> that would make yours look pretty lame, wouldn't it? Louis? <laughs> I bet Steve could get Frank Oz on his podcast. Alright, that's it! Mark my words. By the end of this episode, I will interview Frank Oz on this podcast. I'm tired of Steve holding that over me. It will happen. You just wait and see. But first, it's time for me to finish what Steve Swanson started. And of course by that, I mean, I'm continuing his 2008 series on the Jim Henson Hour. Picking up where that other podcast left off, this segment is all about the ninth episode of the Jim Henson Hour, originally broadcast on Sunday, July 30th, 1989 on NBC. The name of this episode was Garbage, which was not only what the episode was about, but also was the quality of the writing. I've often wondered why the Jim Henson Hour was cancelled so soon, as many of us probably have, but this episode makes it clear. The show had a tendency to produce, well, garbage. The first garbage we see is a very forced joke about Digit dumping trash into the control room on top of Kermit. Digit! Yes! Hit it! Oh, hit it! I, uh, think that's all the garbage we've got, Kermit. Um, Kermit, when you said hit it just now, were you not referring to the trash eject button? Did you, in fact, mean cue the opening title sequence? Oh, you should have said something. Obviously, this is followed by a sketch about Barbie dolls that makes the Christmas toy seem like some like it hot or duck soup. Basically, a ripoff of Barbie and Ken have a conversation that has absolutely nothing funny in it, so they eventually just decide to make it creepy and edgy and crap. How about some fun in the sun, Bootsy? Beach anyone? Sure. 
But first, I better take off my new party dress and put on my new Bootsy swimsuit. Go right ahead. Okay. Turn around. Why should I? Because we're not really married. You can't watch me change my clothes. Please, Bootsy. No, Brad. You see, I am a girl and you are a boy. What's the difference? Girls have bumps. But from the waist down, we're exactly the same, right? That's absolutely right. Welcome to the Jim Henson Hour. The funeral for comedy is on Tuesday. The first musical number in this episode comes along soon, and it features the house band Solid Foam, known for their hard rock sound, but playing cheesy country music. Now, if you're a person, if you just put your hands together and welcome one of the great new stars of country music, Katie Lang. Watch me once again around that dance floor, make my head go spinning. Interestingly enough, the next song that's performed in this episode isn't really a country song, so they sorta kinda countryfy it. But that's not the weird part. The weird part is the fact that this song is a classic from Sesame Street. I love trash. <laughs> anything dirty or dingy or dusty. Oh, yeah. Anything ragged or rotten or rusty. Oh, I love trash. I have here a snicker that's tattered and worn. Yeah, it's all full of holes and the laces are torn. <laughs> a gift from my mother the day I was born. I love it because it's trash. Everybody! Oh, I love trash. Anything dirty or dingy or dusty. Anything ragged or rotten or rusty I don't love trash. What? what? Huh? I'm a strong advocate of solid waste management. Get her! Get her! Kermit grows tired of all the trash on the set, so he goes into one of the monitors. I, I don't know how it works, but I guess the different monitors are like flipping holodecks on this show or something. And Kermit starts telling this story about birds all being the same until there were different colors or something like that. It has a very strange animation style, and you, you really just have to watch it. Wait a minute, why am I even doing this recap if you can just watch it on YouTube? I, I don't have to explain this stuff. Heck, the Jim Henson Hour is a very visual show, so there's no good reason to do it in podcast form. I'm sorry, pardon me as my segment has an existential crisis. We'll be right back after the break. Okay, so a bear and a raccoon are stalking a human family when one of them says, Oh, we are in luck. What you're witnessing here is the seldom seen mating ritual of the human. What's going to suit me? It might look silly to you, but as you can see, the female thinks it's irresistibly attractive. In actuality, that was no mating ritual, that was Chris Langham burning his hand and his wife helping him with the burn. Because of all the things that could comedically be turned into a mating ritual, that's the one that really stood out to the writers. Yeah. Continuing with the straightforward and totally logical progression of events on this show, the garbage sings on the road again, while sailing on the water. And now, the Garbage World Tour! Don't 
life I love is making music with my friends. I can't wait to get on the road again. Thank you for liking garbage so much that you make half a million tons of it a day. Up with garbage! And that leads us to the Storyteller episode within this episode of the Jim Henson Hour, within this episode of Not the Muppet Cast, the universe, the mind of God. This one's called Sapsaro. It's based on an early German folktale, and this one doesn't sound like any other story you've heard. A king had three daughters. Two were bad, one was good. So it's a ripoff of Cinderella. She even has happy animal friends to bring her fruits and things. But it gets weird when the king has to marry his daughter. Welcome to Old Folk Tales. I cannot marry my father. But you cannot ignore the law. But we cannot ignore the law. You cannot marry your father. But I cannot shame the king. But you cannot marry your father. But, but what if she doesn't? Oh, she will, all right. Just shut up and narrate her into Act Two. They can't. They can't get married. Well, the law says they must. And the girl has the three gowns she asked for. No, the ring fits, the feast is prepared, married on the morrow. Listen, bells toll, the streets fill. Only Sapsorrow stays silent in her room. Your Highness, come out. The king awaits you. So, she's not in her room, she's fled, she's had the animals disguise her as an ugly hag, she's taken three royal gowns to wear later in her bizarre plan, and she goes to work scrubbing floors and tending geese in the king's castle. And one day, this what? princess meets a prince. Where's the cook, do you know? You don't know. Can you speak? Uh, never mind. Give the cook a message, will you? Tonight there's a great ball at the palace. I've seen the menu and want goose added. He knows how I like it. Roast goose with orange, baked in pastry. What's that look? It's a look. If there was a tax on looking, we'd all be beggars. Sire. What's your name? No name. They call me the Straggletag. Well, Miss Straggletag, you don't stare at princes. It's not polite in one so low, one so ugly. So guess what happens? It gets super Cinderella-y, and after the prince has gone without dancing the entire evening, suddenly... A woman enters in a dazzling gown, pale silk like the moon. And what could he do, the prince, but walk towards her? What could he do but lead her to the floor? And they danced. It was meant. As left to right, morning to night, dark to light, they belonged. But when the music stops... Wait! I don't know your name! Wait! Oh, my dears, the prince is left mystified, excited, tingling. He's hooked, line and sinker. After the ball, she encounters the prince again while she's in the form of the hag, and once again he treats her like a total, um, well, it's a family show, so I don't know how to put this, but you know what I mean. The important thing is that you catch the drift about how he thinks she's worthless when she's disgusting, and she's everything to him when she's beautiful. If you've gotten that message, we can skip the second ball, which goes the same as the first, and get right to what happens after. What's the matter? What? You look so sad. No one, no one else in the whole palace, in the whole kingdom, speaks to me like this. Are you in love? Is that the problem? You couldn't possibly understand what I'm feeling. 
Or are you worried you might only love your sweetheart for her beautiful gowns? Were she in the humblest rags? Were she the poorest? Absolutely. But you see, my darling has eyes like... Yes. Oh, they're perfect. A voice like... Mm? It's perfect. It's not her gowns. Well, how can you possibly understand? Then you should marry her. I want to. I want to, but I can't find her. I see. I... I have a problem like yours. What advice would you give me? Well, I don't know your beau. What's he like? Handsome. Rich. Really? Proud. Ah! <laughs> You see, when I think about him, it makes my head hurt and my tummy ache and my skin tingle and my heart do little somersaults. Me too. Me too. Oh, yes, we're in love. And it's terrible. Oh, I don't think I'm in love. Oh, you're definitely in love. Little somersaults? Tingling skin? Oh, definitely. Straggle tag! Where the devil have you I got have to, to go? Yes. And listen, don't tell anyone we've spoken. As you wish. It's just, you know, Prince and... Straggletag! Prince and Straggletag. I don't care who you are, that was a good scene. You should have seen it. Of course, the next scene is the prince dancing with the princess one last time before... And you, I know you didn't see this coming. She runs away at the toll of the bell, leaving her slipper behind. The usual proclamation is made about how the one who fits the slipper instantly becomes queen, even though they must have realized that there are multiple people with the same shoe size, so this is a really bad idea. So bad, in fact, it leads to one of Cinderella's ugly... Uh, I'm sorry, Straggletag's ugly sisters fitting the slipper. That's absurd. It fits! You're not the one. I am? It fits! Look! I claim this handsome prince for my husband. <laughs> According to the proclamation, the prince must marry the woman who can wear the golden slipper. Princess Bad Sister. Princess Bad Sister! From? From far away. From far away! Daughter of? Of nobody! We have no parents, you see. Mummy died a long time ago and Daddy died last year. Well, he was ancient. Princess Bad Sister of Far Away, daughter of nobody. She will marry the prince on the morrow. Hooray! <laughs> now, can I just take the silly shoe off, please? Why? Well, it doesn't match. And it's the teensy-weensy bit tight. Just a pinch. Ouchie, wowchie. In fact, I think I may just have to have a tiny baby scream. <laughs> You could possibly help me to take this lovely slipper off my footsie-wootsie because I'm going to have to scream very loudly shortly. I think my leg is turning a little bit on the maroon side. It is. <laughs> Get this show off my foot! <laughs> Sire, I claim my right to try the slipper. Ladies, darling, I think, not creatures. What is it? Get rid of it. It's called Straggle Tag. So, may I? Very well. It <laughs> <laughs> fits. It can't. It does fit. Will you keep your promise? Oh, don't be ridiculous. You can't. You've got to marry that thing. Yes. I'll marry you. I'll keep my promise. This is when all of the out-of-place animal puppets and animated birds come in to take off her dirt and hair and everything that makes her a hag to reveal the beautiful princess he fell in love with. With whom he fell in love. Whatever.
And they kiss and dance and live happily ever after. Not a bad story. I think this is one of the better moments of the show. And with that, we come to the end of this series on the Jim Henson Hour. Alright, it's been a while since we've done this segment, but I've decided to bring it back because, well, I just missed it. Yes, it's time once again for a Muppet List segment, and joining me as my guest is my old pal Louie. How are you doing, Louie? I'm doing good, thank you. That was rhetorical. In this segment, for those of you who haven't heard it before, we talk about, what else, Muppet Lists. We get to choose our favorite lists from Muppet Productions. And I think I'll start. Forgive me for sticking to an old standby. I know this is kind of a cliche answer, maybe, but I gotta go with a loaf of bread, a container of milk, and a stick of butter. That list is a classic, and I think it sticks with us, pun intended, because of its deep meaning. As philosopher Sam Harris once said, we are faced with the task of convincing a myth, myth infatuated world that love and curiosity are sufficient, and you don't have to delude yourself and frighten yourself with Iron Age fairy tales. I think this Muppet list really speaks to that, and speaks to our souls on a very spiritual level. Now don't forget, a loaf of bread, a container of milk, and a stick of butter. If you can't remember, I'll write it down for you. That's okay, Mommy. I won't forget. I remember. A loaf of bread, a container of milk, and a stick of butter. A loaf of bread, a container of milk, and a stick of butter. A loaf of bread, a container of milk, and a stick of butter. A loaf of bread, a container of milk, and a stick of butter. A loaf of bread, a container of milk, and a stick of butter. A loaf of bread, a container of milk, and a stick of butter. Mister, could I have a loaf of bread, a container of milk, and and gee, I can't remember. Can you remember what my mommy said? <laughs> A loaf of bread, a container of milk, and a stick of butter. A stick of butter. I remembered. I remembered. Mommy, mommy, I remember. A loaf of bread, a container of milk, and a stick of butter. You have a good memory, honey. Thank you, mommy. So, Louie, what's your Muppet list? I picked the list of stuff the Muppets take to break into the Mallory Gallery at the end of the Great Muppet Caper. Oh, that's a terrible choice. If you're going to do a list from the Great Muppet Caper, that's obviously not the one to do. The one we all remember is the one in the middle of Happiness Hotel. A, credit card. B, cash. C, sneak out in the middle of the night. Sneak out in the middle of the night. All right, let's just roll the clip. Oh, there's no fire in the fireplace. There's no carpet on the floor. Don't try to order dinner. There's no kitchen anymore. But if the road been kind of bumpy and you need to rest a spell, well, welcome home to Happiness Hotel. Hey, how are you guys fixing to pay? What are our choices? A, credit card, B, cash, C, sneak out in the middle of the night. We'll pick C. Very popular choice. Keep it handy, but you're running out of luck. Got the bellhop seat to organize and the elevator stuck. Still, if you don't find friendly animals and can learn to stand the smell, well, welcome home to Happiness Hotel.
price. Sure, we have our little problems, but you'll never beat the price. You got every kind of critter. You got every kind of pets. But treat them all as equals, just like any other gift. Though you're cleaner than the others, still as far as we can tell. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Not The Muppet Cast in concert. Yes, we are Gordo, Gobby, and the Gobstoppers, and we're going to play a little tune for you from our upcoming album under the Stephen J. Lizard Shade Records label thing, whatever. It's a little tune that you might recognize from Fraggle Rock called Ragtime Queen, played on the recorder. Uh, one, two, three, four. You know, on second thought, let's never play the recorder ever again. How does that sound? So instead, I'm just going to stick to the piano. That's an instrument that I've known for quite a long time. And some of you may know that I'm a pretty big fan of Billy Joel. Uh, so this next song is a bit inspired by his style, as I think you'll be able to tell. Squiddly boink, that's music to me. Pucka 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 squiddly boink, pucka pucka squiddly dee. Pucka 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 squiddly boink, that's music to me. Pucka 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 squiddly boink. But she always had a flat tire. Because we are now celebrating the life and legacy of Jim Henson, I felt it was best to do a very, very, very sober interview with the man who was Jim's closest colleague and friend, Frank Oz. Mr. Oz, thank you for being on the show. Uh, no problem! Now, I think everyone can agree that, of all your characters with the Muppets, the one that really stands out the most is Harvey Kneeslapper, don't you think? No! No? I mean, he's certainly my favorite. I'm, I'd be embarrassed if I were you. Okay, that's awfully harsh. And you deserve it. All right, well then I'll just throw away all my questions about Harvey. All 25, and that leaves me with about seven questions remaining. Great. So, can you tell us how you and Jim Henson first met? Uh, at that time, uh, I had, I'd never been to a... Uh, um, uh, I, I think they call them, um, um... A puppetry festival? Yeah, um, and, um, essentially that's how we met. I see. One of the things you're known for talking about that I'm not going to get into in this particular interview is the way that people call you the voice of your characters. The voices are only 10% of it. The rest is 90% of it. And, and I know that, which is why... I'm so used to animation that people just do the voice. Yeah, which is why I never call you the voice. But moving on to another... It, the voices are only 10% of Miss Piggy is known for her very violent tendencies, particularly with the way she beats poor Kermit. Has she ever been violent towards you? She's only beaten me twice. Hmm, well, I, I've heard that you wrote a backstory for Miss Piggy that explained a bit of her childhood, so I was wondering if you could tell us some of that. Yes, born in Brugge, Bruges, and uh, she uh, got away from the rigid Catholicism that was uh, pressed upon her. For how long have you been doing shows in which you danced to do in the pigeon while naked? Yeah, I was a weird kid. Uh, I started out when I was about 12 years old, and I think I did my first show, which was a supermarket opening, um, uh, when I was 12, for about $25. And why did you start doing that? I don't even know if you need a reason. Fair enough. In Muppet Treasure Island, Sam Eagle says that Kermit is like a raging volcano. Were you implying that Jim Henson had the same anger issues? Well, what I meant by that is... Um, well, actually, uh, I'll backtrack a little bit. Um, 
when we did the Dark Crystal. No, when was it? It wasn't. It wasn't, it wasn't Dark Crystal. It was a few years after that. Many years after that, as a matter of fact, there was some magazine article on Jim, uh, and uh, it was a very hyperbolic uh, piece uh, about Jim. And there was a sentence in there, something like um, you know, Jim Henson's. Uh, he's like a volcano with uh, lava ready to burst, and so I, I you know, I, I, I uh, clipped that out and I framed it for him because I thought it was funny. But I also, you know, I also knew that it was true. Rapid fire question: What's your favorite vegetable? Guacamole. Great, that's mine too. What do you think is Weird Al Yankovic's best feature? His face or his butt? Butt. Really? I mean it. Okay, I'll be sure to tell him you said that. Well, since I know we've both got other business to attend to, I'm going to try to wrap this up now. Try not. Do. Or do not. There is no try. Of course. Now, I know you've been on Steve Swanson's show before, so if you had to describe his podcast in one word, what word would you choose? Degrading. Really? I'd have gone with MuppetCast, but I guess what you said works too. Is there one last thing you want to tell the listeners before we end this interview? for one am completely naked. That's great. You prefer to spend all your time in the nude, don't you? It's a very it's a very well-known feeling I have. Yeah, yeah, it's the same for me. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Why are there so many songs about rainbows? What's on the other side? Rainbows are visions, but only illusions. Rainbows have nothing to hide. So we've been told and some choose to Friends 
and I got my song. I'm gonna be living for the rhythm. I can't go wrong as long as the music keeps rolling along. Come on, pretty mama, and do your thing. It's the spirit of the music and the joy it brings. I'm gonna kick off my shoes, you know we can't lose as long as the music keeps rolling along. Mm, I make my own decisions. I go by my own rules. I gotta live the life I want to. I'm no fool. There you go. Sometimes muddy water wind up on my path. Let me bother others and I just laugh. Cause every dark night brings me to another day. And every time I hear those sweet sounds, hey, 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 what can I say? Come on, little darling. Ain't no time to stop. Don't stop. Smile that smile and take us to the top. <laughs> When you get that feeling, there ain't no denying.
Okay, I somehow still haven't made it to an hour, even though I've never done so many segments on the show in my life, and that's a problem. If I don't make it to an hour, the show is going to blow up. Wait, isn't that a parody of a different podcast? Shut up, Louie. So now, I have to filibuster, and that means you get to hear the history of how Not The Muppet Cast came to be. Again. I've probably told this story like 10 times before, uh, more like 250, but this started out as just an idea to do some good for the world by spoofing my poor friend Steve. I was inspired by the idea of millions of people miserable. So I went over to the Muppet Central Forum to ask the question, if I did a podcast, would anyone listen? And while I almost wrote that, I didn't, because I remembered that I don't care if anyone listens. I only care if Steve hears this and laughs his socks off. I should preface this, however, by saying that this was not my first podcast. Actually, I'll go back even further than that. I think my biggest influence in terms of the kind of show I like to listen to was talk radio, which I got into when I was in high school. The first radio program that got me hooked, and you can roll your eyes at this, was Russian Limbo, which just broadcast Russians cheering how low can you go for 24 hours a day. They got me turned on to another radio program that I really fell in love with, Tom and Jerry. This wasn't just a normal talk show. In fact, there wasn't any talking because they were a mouse and a cat. Well, I guess there was that one time. I admired the fact that each episode was filled with new comedy that had been written just for that week, although I had no idea what was going on because I couldn't actually see what they were doing. Yeah, they really probably should have stuck to television. And nothing much of importance really happened during this time until I won a contest to get beat up by Tom and Jerry in the Bahamas. I naturally passed on the offer because I figured they were going to make another one of those bad, bad TV movies. Have you seen the Tom and Jerry movie? Well, instead, I decided to start podcasting. Some of you may know that I'm kind of a music person. You should know that by now. I have legato in my veins. So the first podcast I did was naturally music-focused, and it was called the Plug It Up Podcast. As the title implies, the show was about the music from Carrie the Musical based on the Stephen King novel. If you've never heard of this musical, just imagine High School Musical on a stage, but then Carrie White. It's great! Unfortunately, I went through every song on the soundtrack in my first episode, so that podcast didn't last very long. That's when I decided to try a Muppet podcast, because there clearly aren't a lot of those out there now. Now, I must confess that I was never much of a Disney fan until I became a Disney fan. That happened when I was about two years old, so I've pretty much been a Disney fan nearly all of my life, so of course I noticed how many podcasts there were about Disney, and I thought, I can do that. The trick was making my podcast stand out, and to do that, I would need some great guests on the show. The man who was the biggest help in making that possible was a guy named Arthur Novell. 
We're good friends. I have him on speed dial. We play poker on Fridays. He lives in my basement. For those of you who aren't in the know, he worked with the guest stars on Muppets Tonight, and he was responsible for explaining to the guests how to walk on the elevated sets, speak to the Muppets and not the puppeteers, and make sure they were comfortable with the production. I was inspired by him to call up all of the famous people ever and ask them to be on the show. No one replied, so I've had to force Noel McNeil on multiple times now. Thanks, Noel. One more story, because I need to take up time. I love music. I've been playing music for a long time and singing for all to hear whenever I'm sure that I'm completely alone. This of course leads me to play this song just to really, really bug Steve. Well, in short, I ended up doing a Muppet podcast, if only so I could bug that one kid who's been ruining Muppet fandom for some time, Ryan Dillon. I'm just kidding, he knows I love his work, or at least I hope he does. Over the years, this show has had some great times. We've spoofed Steve's show, and that's about it. We've retired and resurrected the show only 16 times, and I've proud to say that I've wore out 11 Zoom microphones, just today. It's been a heck of a ride, and I thank you for joining me. Crap, I'm not gonna make it to an hour. I don't wanna blow up, not again. Okay, it's time to really stall. Um. Uh, have you seen that new episode of Crumbly's Cookie Pictures thing? No? Well, neither have I, so that's not gonna work. Uh, I could rant a little about jokes without setups. They don't work. Here, I'll give you an example. He's really short. See, it's not funny if I don't set it up by making it clear I'm talking about Lou Manjet. Never mind. I need something else that Steve does. Uh, oh, I'll talk about my personal life. Oh, wait, crap, I don't have a personal life. Louie, make a note that I need to get married. Pronto. Okay, uh, so I guess I can make something up about how a chapter in my life has concluded and a new one has begun and I'm moving on without really letting go. I can't think about it anymore. Gosh, I hate that chord progression. Stupid journey. Oh, Disney. I can talk about that. I really like Disney. I go to Disney World and eat jelly rolls there for some reason all the time. Okay, that's a lie. I haven't been there since 2008, so I don't remember anything about it. <sighs> what am I going to do? Wait a minute, I haven't given my response to Steve's offer yet. Okay, folks, here it is. I've thought about it, and I've decided that I am indeed interested in recording the new intro for the Muppet Cast. But, I'll do it in the voice of Tamanella Grinderfall. Oh, you don't like the sound of that, do you? Well, then I guess we're going to have to negotiate this the Henson way. And that means a handshake. That means we have to meet in person. So, if you want a good, high-quality recording in a relatively normal voice for your opening, we're going to have to meet, and I know just the place. Yes, you'll get a great opening, Steve, but only if I crash your party at Sesame Place. <laughs> Oh man, I still haven't made it to an hour yet. What am I gonna do? There's gotta be something else I can spoof. He's done over 250 episodes. What am I missing? <gasps> Wait, I got it. This episode of Not The Muppet Cast is brought to you by our good friends at Shell's Look Harmonic because life... We did it! It's one of our longest episodes. Wait a minute, I think we actually had another show that went over an hour without Steve when I did Jim Henson's Musical World, so I could have just repeated that, but who cares? We did it! Woohoo! 
All right, well, thank you so much for joining us on this adventure. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter, Tumblr, and elsewhere, at JD11PC. I'm Steve Stork Nephew, and we'll see you right back here next time on Not The Muppet Cast. Be more fun.